Welcome to the True North A podcast. We are back and we have rebranded. We used to be the Style and Flow podcast, but uh, certain things have changed and we are now the True North A podcast. And it will just be me, Raz, and my partner here, Jesse. Hey, everyone. Taking over from now on. Um, it's been It's been a while since we've been in here and I know we said that last time, but things have been pretty uh, pretty crazy and with the whole rebranding as well. So it's taken a minute for us to get back in the studio, but here we are now and yeah, we're ready to talk some hockey. How has your week or couple last the last couple weeks been for you? You know, this week was the busiest week I feel since we've been back yeah. in the second term with we had an English essay, bunch of assignments due. Right. So it's been packed, and we got spring break coming up. Yeah. Both flying back home tomorrow. That's gonna be so fun. It's been nuts. It's been crazy busy. Uh, enjoying it though. We're gonna have a nice ten day break, and not worry about things. Just kind of sit back, relax, and enjoy seeing family and friends. How's your week been? Yeah, I mean, we've we've been doing a lot, a lot of the same kind of assignments together and stuff. So. I definitely do uh, understand where you're coming from when you say it's been a, it's been a crazy weekend, but you know there's uh, there's a time and, and place for everything, and we're we're ready to uh, come back in the studio and get and get going with things again. Hopefully, this time around it's going to be more regular, and so we'll try to for get sure. try to get episodes up more often. But speaking of uh, hectic and crazy, it's kind of been the same way in the NHL with the trade deadline lurking around. You know, the deadline's tomorrow at 2 p.m., but you know how the NHL is with uh, the trades happening about a week, week and a half in advance to the actual deadline. So, yeah, there's been there's been a lot, a lot of changes and a lot of high-profile characters that have been um, traded to new teams. So, yeah, the league looks looks a lot differently than it did a month ago. Yeah, this but, is one uh, of the craziest trade deadlines I've ever seen, and this last week and a half has been, yeah, it's been nuts. Waking up every morning and seeing high-profile players being traded to new teams, uh, it's definitely it's definitely fun to stay tuned into. Definitely, definitely fun to cover. cover. I know uh, I've been going ham on Twitter for the past week, just uh, tweeting out any opinions and news I can find, so... It's definitely one of my favorite times of the year when it comes to the NHL season. And, uh, yeah, but, you know, talking about the trade deadline stuff, one big player that we can, uh, you know, start off with here is Patrick Kane. Yes, Patrick Kane, no longer a Chicago Blackhawk. That feels weird for me to say. I didn't think I would ever say that. He, To me, he felt like a Crosby or Ovechkin that, will most likely stay with their team for their entire uh, career. And I did not think that he would uh, ever leave Chicago. But, you know, it's great for him. He's chasing another cup. And I think New York is a great place for him to be. They Hometown got a, State. Yeah. They yeah. got a really good team, great culture, Madison Square Garden. And I would love to go and watch a hockey game there. That would be crazy environment. And, yeah, you know, Chicago got back a second and fourth round pick for him. I thought that they would get a better haul for it being Patrick Kane, arguably the greatest American-born player to ever play. 
And so I thought that they would get better assets for him. But at the same time, as a fan just watching, I'm, I'm happy for him and his journey. You and, know, yeah. you know, Jesse, I when I first saw the trade, I was in shock as well. I thought, what the hell? Like, how did someone like Patrick, Patrick Kane only pull a second and fourth round pick? But then when you when you look at it more and you realize what teams had to do and what the Chicago Blackhawks had to do, because the thing is, is that the Rangers knew that Patrick Kane only wanted to go there, right? So they had some sort of advantage to that. I also want to say, like, you know, Patrick Kane told the Blackhawks that this is the only place he's going to go. And so for all that news to have come to light for the New York Rangers, I mean... They, the Blackhawks just had to settle at that point, right? Otherwise, they weren't going to get a trade done, and who yeah. knows if he would have re-signed. So, correct me if I'm wrong, their uh, general manager, Sean Jersey, I feel it, I think that's his name. Jersey, I mean, what a job that he has done uh, acquiring, like, right-wing depth. They get they go out and get Tarasenko, and then they get yeah. Patrick Kane the week after. I think that's, that's crazy, uh, crazy moves being made by the Rangers, and their forward core is, in my opinion, the deepest in the league. Um, and staying on Chicago, actually, it feels like we're just giving away the whole roster at this point. We Max had, Domi to Dallas today. Yeah, Max Domi to Dallas today for a second, and Anton Hudobin. Who's uh, probably never going to, I mean, I don't want to say that, but he's yeah. not playing right now. Right, yeah. yeah. Thought he might play for, or thought Domi might suit up in the other locker room just, uh, just walk over to the yeah. other side of the rink and then take the plane back. What are the odds that <laughs> it happens against the other team he gets traded to? That's crazy. And then we have Sam Lafferty and Jake McCabe going to the Maple Leafs. Going to represent the six. Yeah, and Toronto is just building up that roster and the depth that they have acquired over this trade deadline is something else. Ter- and Kyle Dubas has been a working horse. Yeah. But, uh, There's been memes yeah. of him picking out a whole bunch of phone calls on uh, Instagram all over. Just the best GM. I mean, yeah, the thing is, is like he's he's doing what he can to save his job because for the past three, four, five years, there's been the same core of Matthews, Nylander, Tavares, and Marner, right? And they haven't gone past the first round. So this is kind of do or die for him. If he doesn't go all in and give Keith the best team he can work with to make make it past the first round, he's probably going to be out the door next year. And then you had Jack Johnson hopping ships back to the Avalanche, trying to, trying to go trying for to run round it back. two. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, as uh, looking at Chicago, they're definitely in a rebuild year. We all knew this. But it's definitely different to see Patrick Kane no longer there and then Max Domi, their uh, second best forward, getting traded today to Dallas. And also... Um, the rest of their pieces that they've let go. It's definitely going to be interesting to see them in the upcoming years with all the draft picks and uh, young players that they'll get in their system. You know, I saw a stat today that it showed a comparison of McDavid's total points this year and the top four players on Chicago having less than McDavid right now. (laughs) And I just saw that and I was, yeah, I had a a bit of a laugh. It's brutal. (laughs) Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the thing with Chicago is that 
they're they they are in a rebuild position, so they're just doing what they can to get as many many draft picks. And then you look at you look at the team now, and it's like wow, uh, they really they're really going to, to tank for Bedard with the with the yeah. roster they have for the remaining twenty whatever games. Yeah, a lot of call ups from the the Ice Hogs. Yeah. A lot of call ups being called yeah. up to play these last last like quarter of the season here, and uh, yeah. Um, Moving on, like we were talking about before, the yeah. Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah. So, yeah. The Leafs, to me, I mean, again, I talked about Kyle Dubas and how he's trying to save his save his job for the remainder of the year. But for them to go out and get, you know, Jake McCabe, Ryan O'Reilly, Sam Lafferty, Luke Shen, and then they get rid of Engvall and Sandine, um, it looks like... Uh, like half the team is different there, and I would say for the better. I like they also went out and got Gustafson from uh, the Capitals, mm-hmm. so yep. their their decor is like completely switched yeah. around. I mean, we know Muzzin's not coming back, and um, so they do they do need the help. They do need the help on on the deep defensive side, and now it's just gonna be like for the defensive core. It's just gonna be who's playing better and who wants more because they have players to work with. They have players to work around with now in their decor, so they're not they're not settling. And then, yeah, their forward group, I mean, you would think that Matthews, Nylander, Tavares, and Marner would be good enough to do some damage in the playoffs, but we've seen in the past that clearly isn't the case. And so Ryan O'Reilly being added, you know, Sam Lafferty being added, Noel Achari being added, mm-hmm. right? Like, this gives their forward core like re- rejuvenation and hopefully uh, a better chance at getting past the first round. And I think the key for the Leafs, like the Rangers, is with all these new guys coming in, it's going to be the last quarter of the season here, the last 20 or so games of the players coming in, actually getting to play with each other right. and building up that chemistry right. heading into the playoffs. Because, like the Rangers, they both lost the first game. Yeah. And so no matter how good of players you're bringing in, they have to have time to play with each other. Exactly. That that connection is just not going to be there off the bat. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm really interested to see how the players gel in these last 20 games. And that and that's the good thing about the trade deadline happening about 20 20 some games before the end of the season because the new players they have or the new t- players teams acquire, they have that 20 game period to Create create a new system. Create these strategies, and yeah, like you said, get the get the new players to gel together, and then the playoffs is where the competition really starts. Because at this point, if you're buying at the deadline, you're almost a lock for the playoffs because you wouldn't be going all in if you didn't know that you have a ninety eighty five percent chance at you know making the playoffs. So at this point in the like at this time in the league and at the season, teams are just uh, using this time to get their new players to gel and hopefully uh, be at their best form when the playoffs come. And I think also the East teams have just gone on like a shopping spree. Yeah, it seems like in this trade deadline, uh, we're gonna get on to more teams. But just sticking with the Leafs and Rangers, just two of the teams that have acquired the assets that they have. Uh, it's going to be really interesting, like I said, to see how they play with each other and to see how far they can go with the core that they've built up. Yeah, and like 
the East, the East itself, like, I mean, you look at, you look at Boston, right? And they've been at the top of the league since it started. And I know me and you, you know, we predicted at the start that that wasn't going to be the case, but yeah, boy, we were proven wrong. (laughs) And, um, yeah, they're showing, they're showing us, um, that they know how to play. And like, you just think like with the team they had before making all these trades, how good they were. And then they go in and they add another, another depth defenseman in in Orlov and, uh, a nice grinding, hardworking forward in Hathaway. Orlov scores two goals in his debut five against points, Calgary. Five points in his last four games with it's Boston. Crazy. And if I mean, if if your demon that you just got out is going to go do that, I mean, you like you're set. That's a great move. And then you see Taylor Hall and Felino being out indefinitely, and you're like, okay, now these two trades they look better, and then. It's not as good as having all your players there, but now you're not panicking, right? You have options to come and fill in. And, yeah, I mean, Boston, like, let's, I think they're going to be, like, I'm pretty sure they're a lock for the President's Trophy. Yeah. I don't think anyone's ca- catching Fa- up. Fastest to uh, 100 points, 61 mm-hmm. games, NHL Boston history. Bruins. Yep. Yeah. And so we all know about the President's Trophy curse and how, you know, I think it was the Blackhawks yeah. that is like the only team or something to do it in the last whatever decade or whatever. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, we saw last year with the Florida Panthers, President's Trophy winners couldn't couldn't win a game against the Lightning. I thought they were locks. Thought they were locks in my bracket. Yeah. I had them going all the way. It's cliche because everyone has the President's winner or most people have the President's winner going pretty far. Yeah. But I really thought that they were locks. So that was yeah. That was that was disappointing, Ron. Yeah. Um, yeah, one team that you know they're not necessarily a lock for the playoffs or even in a playoff spot right now, but they're still lingering in that bubble or in that circle that they could potentially make the playoffs, and that is the Calgary Flames. And the thing I've noticed with Calgary in the past, you know, a few years that I've been really paying attention is that. General Manager Brad Tree Living doesn't like to go for big trades and big moves. He, I think, like Tyler Toffoli, Nazem Kadri, and Huberto are like the only three that have been somewhat significant for the Flames in the past few years. And I just, I don't, I want to know what's going through uh, management in Calgary's heads because have they just decided to give up mm-hmm. and just face the fact that they're not going to try and push for a playoff spot and they're not going to make it or I mean, they still have till tomorrow at two to get something go going. go for a big move, and we know like on Friday when the trade deadline is, that's when the most trades happen. Like I think last year, thirty trades just happened on Friday, right? And so yeah, there's time, but you look at the because the, the thing with the Flames is that they need a top six forward that can put the puck in the net because. Mm-hmm. Calgary's games most of the year have been one goal games and overtime games, right? Right. And they need that clutch player that can put the puck in the net when the time comes. And they don't they don't have that right now. And you know, Huberto's been somewhat disappointing. Yeah. I mean, Brock Besser has more points yeah. than him, right? And Kadri, like, yeah, he's been good, but Kadri's not that superstar. Like, no. yeah, he's a star. But he's not like that McKinnon or that Huberto or that, that, that guy, X that, that X-Factor that can yeah. carry you, right? And so, yeah, I, if I'm the Flames, I'm thinking, 
you should have acted earlier if you think you have a shot at making the playoffs because Ryan O'Reilly's gone, Tyler Bertuzzi's gone, Max Domi is gone. Who are you, who are you going to trade for now when all the all the high profile guys have already been traded, right? And it seems to me, adding on to that, that the Flames' objective coming into the season was okay. You know, let's build up. Let's get Huberdeau, Kadri, mm-hmm. Weger. Let's not do a rebuild. Yeah, yeah, let's let's get all these guys, bring them in, and just completely shake things up. And then now at the trade deadline, they're just kind they're of laying quiet. back, yeah. not really doing too much. So it's interesting to see the kind of strategy that. They're going with uh, not being active at the trade deadline, being yeah. a buyer or seller. Yeah, it's and it's just it just seems like it's a common theme for the Calgary Flames. Uh, speaking of speaking of non busy and busy, a team that shouldn't be as busy as they are in terms of buying the Vancouver Canucks. I mean, like they traded Ronick, they traded for Ronick, sorry, and what they had to give was uh, was hurt was hurtful because. Mm-hmm. Um, they gave away that conditional first round pick that they got for Bo Horvat from the Islanders mm-hmm. as a part of that deal and and a second round pick as well and I'm just thinking yeah it's nice to see Alvin address the right handed uh, D-man situation in the lineup because we we need that that's the weakest part uh, in the Canucks' game and uh, but yeah you're looking at us in the standings you're looking at the Canucks in the standings and you see that they're nowhere near a playoff spot, right? And when you're nowhere near a playoff spot, you're supposed to be a seller at the deadline. Try to get as much draft capital as you can. Mm-hmm. And we just see the Canucks are doing the opposite, right? And it's a little bit of a head-scratcher. I know Canucks Twitter has been confused on this move. Ronick is good. I mean, he has more points than Dobson right. and Sider. And players like that, right? And so you think, well, would you give up what you gave up for those guys? Yeah, I think you guys are retooling. You parted ways with Shen and Stillman. And I think it's just a matter of time. You're just kind of going through the motion, kind of seeing what works. You know, you're not in a complete rebuild, but you are rebuilding. Uh, So, yeah, I think you'll you'll just take some time to see the new players coming in similar to my hawks it'll just take time to see what uh what we're working with yeah so that's a very good point actually retooling as alvin actually said um that's what we're doing but i know most canucks fans just want to start from the ground because we've been retooling for a while right yeah but yeah i don't know it's just it's gonna be what it's gonna be um yeah I wanted to, I wanted to bring up uh, a player that got traded that really is a player that got me into the game of hockey and uh, got me into being a goalie for as long as I was. Uh, Jonathan Quick, my my goat, my favorite goalie, my favorite player of all time. Um, it just it sucks to see a franchise goalie like that being being treated that way. I know it's part of the business, but for him not to get a warning or for him not to be told at all until it already happened that he was getting traded to Columbus, the Columbus Blue Jackets, who are at the bottom of the league. Yeah. Like, you're sending this guy to Ohio, right? Like, you're sending <laughs> him to Ohio, Ohio, right? And you look at that, and you're like, well, the Kings are in a playoff spot. 
and you're not going to let your franchise goalie, the, the greatest goalie to play for your team, have another shot at the playoffs or at a cup run for all that he's done for that for that team since he's been there it just it, it's sad to see and at the end of it all what i'm look what i'm hoping to see is um quick playing for the knights in the playoffs and yeah. somehow they are up against the kings and they win because people who know quick and people have watched quick play all his career know what he can do in the playoffs he flips a switch when it comes to playoff hockey and he will be a force to reckon with if he's given the chance so i just want to see a nice little revenge tour and hopefully it, it uh ends in the knights knocking out the the kings with him in that and i don't think it's a good look for the los angeles kings organization i know if i was a player and i saw this how they treat one of their like star players Aaron goalie that has done everything that he can for the organization. Right. I don't think it's a good look for the LA Kings at all. Because if I was a player and I was thinking about going to LA and how they treated Jonathan right. Quick, that would that would actually like kind of turn me away. Right. Saying all that work and effort and everything that he's done, it's kind of just out the window. They didn't really care. Uh, it's the complete opposite of what happened with Chicago and Patrick Kane. Mm -hmm. It was obviously different circumstances with his right. no trade clause right. and only wanting go, go only wanting to go to the Rangers. But still, the respect uh, that those two players should deserve from their respective organizations, you could definitely tell that there's a humongous difference between Chicago and LA. And I and I saw a report today that, you know, made me laugh a little bit. Um, it was reported that the LA Kings offered uh, Gavrikov a contract extension, and he basically turned it down and said, I want to test free agency. And, I mean, obviously you can look at that as karma, because, I mean, yeah. karma's real, right? Yep. And, or you can look at that as what you said, how players might be turned away from joining teams based on how they see other players being treated, and, you know, maybe Gavrikov's Gavrikov saw that and uh, that turned away. I mean, we don't obviously we don't know the circumstances, but I mean, yeah, it's un it's unlucky for LA. But did they deserve it with the way they treated Quick? Possibly. And yeah, how about that like two line poem on Instagram? Yeah, that was just not. I hope I hope they pull their socks up and end up giving them a better tribute than they have so far. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I mean, even I know I. Keep talking about Patrick Kane, but even yeah. the tribute that he got, uh, not even playing the Rangers, they're playing the Dallas Stars, and the entire parking lot was kind of booked off, and they had 88, and then they had 88 on the United Center. Just the respect that he got, uh, yeah, it's just a complete difference. Uh, now moving on to more local, we have the Arizona yeah. Coyotes. Yeah, Chikrin. Um, the long the guy was scratched for. I don't even know how long anymore, but he didn't play for a minute, and he was uh, scratched for trade-related reasons, as we've seen a lot of in the past month. And that that saga is finally done. He gets moved to Ottawa, and uh, for not a very hefty price, as most thought, we thought it was going to cost at least two first-round picks, a prospect player, another guy, another piece, right? But Ottawa was smart. They waited, and they waited, 
till they dropped the price. They also didn't make the Coyotes retain any salary, which got them the better offer, and which is why Arizona went to the Senators to trade Chikrin. Um, I mean, I know Chikrin's ecstatic about that. He was on the red eye straight to yeah. New York to play today against yeah. uh, the Rangers in his uh, Senators debut. Because yeah, we know he for a while he's been uh, anxious to get out of get out of Arizona. Yeah, in the interview that he had after the game tonight in New York, you could definitely tell that he really wanted to get out of Arizona, and it meant a lot to him. You know, he was very emotional. He said that he had family in Ottawa. And it was very nice to see that he was able to kind of get a new start with yeah. the Senators. And so I'm happy for him for that. And the Coyotes weren't done there, just with Chikrin. No. I mean, uh, Nick nice, a nice depth, and de- nice depth piece in yeah. Nick Bukestad that they had for a while. Um, yeah, he's gone to Edmonton along with uh, Ekholm from Nashville. Yep. Um, but yeah, and then Shane Gossesburg to Carolina. Those are two kind of important pieces for the Coyotes. Um, but the thing with the Coyotes is they're not, they're still rebuilding as well, right? And so they're fine trading these death players to help other other teams um, improve while getting these draft picks, right? Yeah. And the thing about Arizona is they like taking on these LTIR contracts and then taking on picks as well, right? And so I don't know, I think it's a pretty good strategy good strategy yeah and I think the Coyotes uh, you know they're obviously going through the process like every team is mm-hmm. now they don't have Chicken and Gossa spares so that's gonna be looking a little bit interesting on the back end we'll have to see uh, who they recall up for the defense but yeah I mean they made they made some moves got some guys out and it'll be interesting to see kind of how they finish the season. They've had up and down kind of stretches as of late. They go on two, three game winning streaks and then they tend to uh, go on. Drop a couple. Yeah, drop a yeah. few, so. The thing, about, the thing about the Coyotes I like though is that they're very much the opposite of the Canucks in the sense of preparing for the future. Mm-hmm. I saw, according to Cat Friendly, I saw earlier that in the next three drafts, the Yotes have 21 picks in the first three rounds. That's crazy. That is that is insane yeah. for the future of this organization. And I've said it once before, and I'll say it again. In the next few years, the Coyotes are going to be dangerous. You just look at Keller, Schmaltz, Hayton, Gunther, Gunther Cooley, and then whoever they're going to draft now in the, in for the next three drafts. It's going to be... It is going to be... Um, it's a gonna great be good. Team. Yeah, it's gonna be good for them. They're gonna yeah. they're gonna stand out and they're gonna be a contender soon enough. Um, I think with that uh, preparation for their roster size and then them trying to get a new arena, uh, hockey in in Arizona will be will be booming mm-hmm. once again in a little while. And then I just wanted to uh, circle back to the Bruins. We had a couple of big contracts. Contract sanctions. Yeah. Yeah. Contract yeah. sanctions with. Uh, Pasternak and Larkin, yeah. both getting the max, right? Mm-hmm. The eight-year, eight-year uh, deal. Eight-year uh, deal. I, I believe uh, Larkin's was eight point seven average, and uh, Pasternak's was eleven point three. Yeah, three. Something yeah. somewhere around there. I just want to say, I think Dylan Larkin 
was well deserved of that contract. I mean, he's been a workhorse for the Red Wings, and I don't want to say he is that team, but he's a big part of that team. The yeah. way he contributes offensively for the Red Wings is not like another player that they have. Mm-hmm. Same with Pasternak, right? Yeah. They're both the star for their team, and I mean, it's good to see for Larkin. I mean, he's he grew up in Michigan, and for him to play for his hometown team and then become the captain for his hometown team and then, you know, sign like an extension that's pretty much going to make him a Red Wing for life is, uh, it's, it's good to see. It's a good story. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's great to see for the players that their hard work is paying off. You know, like you said, they're both the stars of their team. So just uh, watching them have the contract extension, it's it's great for them because it shows that, you know, their hard work is, is paying off and that their team values that. So it's great. Yeah, um, one point I wanted to make as well um, is that Edmonton has finally gone out and acquired that D-man they've so desperately needed it for the past, what, three years? Yeah. They've been saying, oh, yeah, we need a goalie. Oh, yeah, we need a D-man. And then they went and got Campbell, but we all know how that's sort of turned out. <laughs> um, but, yeah, Ekholm. It's crazy to think how they paid more for Ekholm than the Ottawa Senators paid for Chikrin. And when you think of it in a sense, I want, like, Chikrin's more offensive. He's definitely the better offensive puck-moving defenseman, but Ekholm is definitely the better classic stay-at-home defender, and I think that's what the Oilers needed more than another puck-moving defenseman. Yeah, they got rid of Barry, which is their most offensive defenseman, but... I think it's important that the Oilers address the defending in their own situation because their offense is covered with, I mean, they just need McDavid out there and no one else, and they can score as much, much as they want. I mean, they need Darnell Nurse. <laughs> Darnell Nurse. I, I don't even want to get started on Darnell Nurse. Man. But, yeah, no, Ekholm is a, is a great addition, you know. He's a good good veteran. I don't know how old he is, like 30, whatever. I don't know. Yeah, He's but, been in Nashville for a while. Yeah. Like, 31, 32, however old he is, he's a good veteran presence and, like you said, a good uh, classic defenseman. So it'll be interesting great to his see. Own end. Yeah, it'll be great to see how he fits in on, uh, I assume, a top three pairing. Yeah, and Na- Nashville's uh, gone a little bit in the selling direction. Eh? They got rid of Granlund. Mm-hmm. They got rid of Janot. Yeah. Boy, did they get a haul for Janot. I think he, that was the most overpriced yeah. uh, player this entire trade down, I don't know what Tampa was thinking, but, uh, yeah, they basically sold their soul for Janelle. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know, because Nashville isn't isn't too far out of a playoff spot. They're just a point behind Calgary, and Calgary's, I think, around five points out. It might be more after today's loss against the Leafs and a couple uh, other teams winning. I know Seattle won today and um, the Wild won. And yeah. so I don't know. I guess they're going in the selling direction. Same with the Capitals. They, they got rid of mm-hmm. quite a few players. Um, but yeah, um, it's weird to see how teams like that who are, they're not quite out of it yet, have decided to maybe take a step back and uh, sell. And talking about how ridiculous the Tanner's you know trade was, uh, Nashville ended up getting defenseman Calfoot a conditional first-round pick in the 2025 NHL draft and a second-round pick in the 2024 NFL draft, along with the third, fourth, and fifth-round pick in the in this year's draft. So, holy cow, that is some haul. Like you were saying, that's 
That's crazy. Considering Patrick Kane gets a second and fourth. You want to know what the crazy? Kind of a joke. You want to know what the craziest part about it's this is? In fifty-seven games this year, Janot has five goals and nine assists. Like that's ridiculous. Like what has he done this year to deserve that big of a package? Like I don't get that at all. It's definitely a head scratcher. And if you're Tampa, I'm just wondering what are you doing? Like he did get an assist tonight in his debut as a Lightning, but five goals and nine assists in fifty-seven games. That's brutal. Yeah. Yikes! I don't know. What, yeah, and it, it's funny because not only did they do it this year, but this is the second time they've done it in two years. Mm-hmm. They did the same thing with Brandon Hagel from the Blackhawks last year. They overpaid for him as well. And, uh, you know, can you really hate on them for it? I mean, yeah, in terms of general manager and business sense, you look at it and say, why? But then you look at them adding Hagel and Nick Paul last year and going to the cup final again. So I guess it's working. Mm -hmm. Who knows what they're going to do this year? I mean, there's so many powerhouses in the East. I don't think a lot of people have the lightning on their radar. But they are a team that they are. Is they could be sneaky. Sneaking out. Yeah. I, yeah, I do. I would love to see a Leafs uh, Lightning rematch and the Leafs uh, take it take it home this year. Yeah, I do think one thing about the Leafs this year is that if they are able to get past that first round, they'll finally have that confidence they've been, you know, needing for the past three, four playoff runs, and I don't think anything's going to stop them after that. I think it's got to happen this year. You know, you're going to do the playoff brackets and you're going to see Toronto. And it's got to happen this year, you'd think. With all the stuff that they've done at the trade deadline, I just don't see any other year where it's like their year and you're focused on it. They have to get past first round, in my opinion. It's going to have to get blown up if they don't. And Kyle Dubas is going to be out the door. And, yeah, I just – I don't – see them i think this was his cal dubas's hail mary shot to definitely try to get everyone he can if this doesn't work then i'm out of here (laughs) yeah well thank you guys for uh joining our first kind of rebranding episode of the true north a podcast thank you guys we are going to be back soon after break and hopefully we'll stay more consistent with these episodes and bring to you some of the greatest hockey content we can um have a great rest of your day have a great rest of your day the week your night (laughs) the next uh (laughs) afternoon the next couple weeks till we're back with you guys